is like a moment from a horror movie. You have been hanging out in the wrong clubs, Mr. Wayne. I've seen this movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Join the club. We've got jackets. And you stole it from a movie. We want you in our club, kid. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke. And with me, as always, is Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And uh, we are here with Zencaster, as per usual, um, you know, to talk about movies. And this week, as we continue uh, the month of March 2021, we are doing uh, Jones and for Indies. And we are watching the 1996 film Swingers, or at least we're going to be talking about it. We've already watched it. Um, and if you've never listened to the podcast before, what that is, is we've uh, we review one movie that at least one of us hasn't seen before in an effort to reduce the number of films that we want to see but just haven't and we've been doing this for a while now and uh every time it's a lot of fun but before we get into our review of swingers from 1996 we like to catch up with how we've been doing and see what else we've been watching since the last time we recorded so Corey, how you doing i'm well i'm glad it's a weekend as always every single time we talk how are you (laughs) I am all right. I uh, I did get vaccinated on Ooh. Monday, um, part one of two, uh, and um, I did get the the Pfizer vaccine uh, thanks to being a teacher here. Um, that was my, why I was able, to, why I'm eligible already. Uh, I am young. I, I well, I like to think I'm young. I'm 38. I guess it's not that young anymore. But uh, I I'm eligible as they opened up to all educators, and so being a both a high school and college teacher, I am now part one of two vaccines um and uh it went well um it was quick and painless for the most part and then i did i was a little sore on uh, just my the where the, sh- the needle went in on uh the next day and then i was good um so i was happy about that although i've heard the second shot is the bad one uh which i think that was kind of your experience right yes but um so that you know but i i gotta say uh now that i've had the first vaccine it feels like COVID is like popping up in, in my circles more all of a sudden. And it's making me very nervous. Like I, like I feel oh. like I was at the exit and now like it's encircling me again and I feel trapped. Um, you know, there's, they're just, I keep hearing like so-and-so and I'm like, Oh, I'm really close to that. Or so-and-so and I'm like, Oh man, uh, it's getting, it's too near. It's getting too near. It's closing in. I don't like it. Uh, I want that second shot like really, really badly. Um, I, I have to wait, obviously, but I'm ready. I'm like, can I just sleep for three weeks? And wake- <laughs> right. Hibernate. Yeah. Uh, and wake up when I can get this. Wake me up with the second shot. Like, I'll be like, oh, <laughs> what happened? Wake me up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but Excuse yeah, that's. Singing. Oh, it was excellent. Um, but yeah, you know, so that's mostly mostly been fine. Uh, that was good. I was excited about that opportunity and grateful that um, grateful that a year into this we have a vaccine available. So I have three different vaccines available. Yeah. Um. Is the third one the one that they were talking about? That's only one. Yeah, the Johnson um, and Johnson. Yep. Okay. Interesting. I haven't read too much about it, but it is good, and I'm glad that it's going to make it a lot more available for people. Um. You know. And I mean, there are things that I don't think about because I don't know anyone that it affects that way. But like, um, I was reading that soon our um, like senior nursing homes and things like that will be opening up for um, residents who are um, 
that live there that are vaccinated, they can start seeing their families and stuff. Oh. So many of them haven't seen their families in over a year. Yeah. You know, it's important to be safe, but I can, I'm, you know. Well, yeah, you probably already feel like, I, I think there's always that level, at least from what I know in movies and stuff, like when a person is put into an old folks home, there's kind of this level of separation that you feel. Um, so then being truly separated where people can't even come see you, it's got to be, it's got to be a pretty bad feeling for both involved, for like the people at the nursing home, but also for the family who wants to see their loved one, you know, it's got to yeah. be tough. Agreed. But, um, yeah, you know, overall, it seems like we, we've been, we're, we're feeling, uh, blessed, I guess we could say, um, and we're grateful for where, where we find ourselves, but we also are thinking of those who aren't in the same position that we are. Uh, Corey works in the medical field and I work in education, um, why there's about a month discrepancy between our, our vaccinations, but still we both are ahead of many other people our age. So, uh, we're very grateful that this is even an opportunity, but, um, Hopefully, if everything holds up, May 1st, uh, everyone will be eligible for vaccination. So, um, I, you know, I, I think it's the right call. I think it's what we need to do to, to really stem the, the flow of this virus. And in the meantime, keep wearing masks, guys. It, it really does prevent the spread. That's the best way we can, you know, mitigate. Obviously, it seems like no one's going to close down again. So, And wash your hands. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, should. general cl cleanliness is a good thing. And yeah, sing happy birthday, 20 seconds. <laughs> and what we really, I think, it's hard for me, but I think what we really need to do as a society is uh, normalize calling in sick. You know, like if you're oh, sick, you shouldn't come to work. Agreed. I mean, but I mean, that's something that our society... Oh, yeah. Like, if you call out or, you know, things like that, it's severely looked down upon. And I can I understand... I, you know. I work sick all the time. Uh, Same. Like, traditionally, it has not Even, been. Yeah. Sorry, I, go ahead. No, I, I, I have to resist. Like, if I, I haven't felt sick really um, since this all started. But, like, I am afraid of the moment that I actually am sick and I'm not, it, like, coming to terms with that I need to be, you know, I need to let myself be sick and stay home. And it's so counter how I've been trained for 38 years, basically, you know. Um, I mean, I had perfect attendance through uh, most of high school. Like, I literally missed two days of high school. What? Um, I missed one day freshman year, and I went with my uncles to go see a Florida State football game, so we had to leave, like, on a Friday. And then I missed senior skip day, which I only did because all the seniors skip. But otherwise, I... I did not miss a day at high school. Let's not talk about, like, school, high school. <laughs> I skipped <laughs> high school all the time, but um, it was rough, uh, guys. Um, but I... I, too, go to work. I mean, now I work at home, but even when I didn't work at home for all those years, yeah. I would still go to work sick. And that's just kind of the expectation. And I had one boss say to me that even if I am sick, before I call in, I need to come pretty much come into work sick so they can tell. See it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and so I, uh, yeah, I, uh, it's a lot of untraining, but and obviously it's not just us. This is, I think, American it's culture. societal. I mean, even the fact that, like, there are, I saw several things about this, but, like, that other countries don't get sick time in that they are allowed to miss if they're sick, but there's no limited amount of time that they can miss. Like, if they oh. have, like, if you go to a doctor and they say you're sick, you don't run out of time. Like, you're you're out the time the doctor said to be out because your health matters, right? Like, because logic is what? if you were to die, 
you can't do the job either, right? Like that's the the weird thing about our society. So we act like, oh, we gotta go to work. But it's like, yeah, but if you're dead, you can't go to work. Like you gotta be healthy. It's that yeah, old but then idea. Know. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, they'll know you weren't lying as you like are you know, <laughs> dead on their floor. Like, oh, I guess they Never were really sick. In. <laughs> that's on your tombstone. You yeah, call it. that's gonna say. It's not funny, but it, I just, and it's like, also, we've talked about this before and I'm not as bad as your wife, who is also my best friend, but like, I don't go to the doctor. I've gotten better about uh. it as an adult and, you know, like <laughs> the older I get, but it's just, I don't know. I got, I got things to do. Yeah, that is, it takes so long to go to like the ER or whatever. Like it is almost like, well, I guess, um, <laughs> I mean, I'm, you know, at but... the point I'm not returned now. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's, you know, hopefully we can alter that a little bit and we become I, more aware. I hope that that happens too, but I have a feeling that once this is even like remotely over and done, that it's just going to go back to the way that it was. Probably. I, I, I want to believe that we're in the process of a, a great change in our culture, that there's so many, so. that it's it's not even like people get so defensive because we're saying there's, there's room for improvement. And I just think that's a flawed mindset. Like, I there's think the idea... Room there should always be room for to be better. And um, that's not a bad thing. Admitting that there's weaknesses or uh, flaws in a system is not a bad thing. It's how we got to where we are now is that we saw, I mean, gosh, America was discovered because there were people who thought, Hey, I don't like the way you tell me how to do things. I'm going to go start my own country. Like it, the whole premise is <laughs> built around change and um, looking to, to find a better system and to ever, you know, complacency is the, is where we start to, uh, to, you know, curdle we gotta we gotta always be looking to improve and be better and and acknowledge when there's a problem and try to fix it so that's all we're encouraging is just betterment of of our culture and there's clearly some problems that's you know um i think empathy is a big thing we need to be more focused on the idea that other people have emotions and feelings not just us um not just ourselves. but all right that's enough of that let's get into what we've been watching Corey. Uh, you want to go first or second this week? Uh, you can go first. All right. I, I've watched a few things. Um, I, I watched Disney's Treasure Planet for the first time. Oh, I've ne- I don't think I've ever seen that. Uh, I had not either. And, um, you know, it's the same guys that uh, directed Aladdin and um, Little Mermaid is Ron Clements and John Musker. And I'm, I'm watching their movies or the ones I hadn't seen because the Blank Check podcast is currently going through them. And I wasn't really super interested in this one. And uh, I had it on kind of in the background. And about halfway through, I realized that I was like having a blast with it. And I really like it. Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is the lead uh, voice. Um, Emma Thompson's in it. David Hyde Pierce is in it. Ryan Murray is in it. And Martin Short. Um, it's it's just really good. I, I really enjoyed it. I, I'm not familiar. Like, I've never read Treasure uh, Island. I haven't even seen Muppets Treasure Island, which is surprising because I've seen most of the Muppet movies. But for some reason, that one had just never pulled me in. Um, and but this is like, what if Treasure Island, but space? And uh, yeah, I really had a blast with it. I, I thought it was really good. Definitely one I'm glad I, I caught up with. Um, Matt and I, for the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast, just reviewed Coming to America. That is the sequel to Coming to America. Uh, if you can't tell by me saying it, the sequel has the number two in it. So it's coming number two, America. The first movie is just coming to America, T-O. Yes, that is what they decided to do, folks. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's fine. It's not it's not great. It's not bad. It's just fine. Um, 
uh, watch Star Trek The Search for Spock. That's the third Star Trek movie as I am working through that because of Blank Check. Also, the Patreon episodes are doing the Star Trek films um, like Search for Spock. Uh, don't love it. I like it. It's it's not as good as Wrath of Khan by any means, but it was enjoyable. I'm definitely becoming a Star Trek fan. Um, I watched a documentary called Spellbound as I'm working through like educational-based documentaries. Spellbound is about uh, eight different teenagers who are competing in the National Spelling Bee. Um, it's from 2002. It's it's interesting. Um, there's some very like shocking things that happen. I watched Roger and Me. That's Michael Moore's first documentary. Oh. Man, that movie is infuriating. And not Michael Moore, like just like the world he showcases. Um, man, it is uh, the, the social gap between wealth is ridiculously on display in this movie um i man i really recommend checking that one out i know not everyone's gonna agree with michael moore's politics i feel like in 89 he definitely has a similar point of view but it doesn't feel like he's pushing it quite as hard i, I can't say it's not clearly like he where he's coming from he's he's coming from one specific point of view um that has been most of his career but it, i don't know for some reason it didn't feel quite as uh pushy as maybe like you might think bowling for columbine or like fahrenheit 9-11 although i haven't seen fahrenheit 9-11 or uh the sequel or not sequel but the 11-9 i think is what that one's called um and then i watched swingers which we'll talk about in a minute and i watched werner herzog's lo and behold uh, reveries of the connected world i don't know how familiar you are with werner herzog Corey, um but uh he's a very famous director he's a kind of eccentric I can't tell how much of him is silly and how much of him is just like odd. Like I can't tell if it's an act or if it's like legitimately, he's just kind of weird. Um, but he's interviewing Elon Musk at one point in this movie. Oh God. And I swear to God, um, Elon's like something about sending people to Mars. The hardest part is getting like people to go or whatever. And Werner Herzog from behind the camera is immediately like, I'll go, I'll go right now. Uh, and Elon looks so stunned. That you know, because Elon is often thought of as kind of a weird guy, eccentric guy, and I think Werner Herzog shocked him into like he outweirded him, I think, and it was like it it cracked me up so much. Um, there was a few times in the movie where I just was busting out laughing. It's an interesting documentary because it is kind of about like technology. There are times where like Herzog is definitely pushing his agenda or his point of view about technology, and it's not like uh not like a Michael Moore push. It's just this like very like philosophical like i don't know if i agree with all the, i don't know it's so it's so hard to articulate for me but it is it's it's interesting um it's from 2016 so it's not that old of a doc but uh did we watch grizzly man together or did i just watch yeah. it and talk about okay so that's so, the same director so i knew that i knew that i've at least seen that but i don't know if i've seen anything else honestly i think that's all i'd seen before this as well um except he is in a, an episode of the mandalorian um yeah or maybe a couple episodes in season one. And then uh, he's like the guy that is trying to buy baby Yoda in season one. Um, oh, and then um, he's referenced in me and Earl and the dying girl because they watch uh, his movie, Ag uh, Aguirre, the wrath of God. Um, and then uh, Greg like does his voice at least once in the movie. Like he's doing the Herzog kind of impression. Um, so, cause Herzog has a, 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 a very recognizable kind of persona, even for like people who maybe haven't seen as many of his movies. He's just that thing. Um, so hair. yes, it, <laughs> indeed. Um, well, so what have you been watching Corey? 
Um, not as much as you. My life is a blur. Um, my family, you know, is here. And then I've been going into the office this week. So um, I finished watching uh, Shit's Creek. I watched, like, the documentary for it. Oh, okay. It was, like, a kind of a catching up thing. It was only, like, 45 minutes of the, the making the last season. Um, I wish that the people that kept telling me to watch it, I wish that I had watched that show when I was first told to watch it. Um, but also I wish that now that they told me, you know, again, to watch it, that they had told me that it ended because I'm really sad. But anyway, um, yeah. Yeah, six seasons. I already want to rewatch it, but um, and I've been rewatching Forensic Files, and that's all. That's all. Oh man, that is that's pretty I, short. I just want to come home and get into bed. I mean, back on like what we've been doing. I try to go to bed earlier, but I can't. But I'm waking up an hour earlier, so it just throws me off. It's fine. Mm. So yeah, I ooh, I gotta watch that too. Um, all right, so that is what we've been watching. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll get to our review of Swingers from 1996. Hey, this is Matt from What I Watch Tonight. Come join me in the back row for movie discussion, retrospective episodes with guests, director focus shows, end of year rankings, start of the year predictions, and much much more. There's more going on in the back row than you might think. And we're back. So, Swingers from 1996 is directed by Doug Lyman, who's done quite a few big movies uh, since this. Edge of Tomorrow, or um, Live, Die, Repeat, depending on what you want to call it. Um, the Born Identity, he produced, sorry, uh, most recently in theaters right now, Chaos Walking. That's the Tom Holland, Daisy Ridley movie that's not getting great reviews. Uh, he did Lockdown earlier this year, which is Anne Hathaway and Sheeta Tell Ejiofor, which also did not get great reviews. Um, he did American Made with Tom Cruise, which was pretty good. Um, Jumper, which I, I liked parts of Jumper. Um, I, I don't think it's great. Oh, I didn't realize he directed Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Uh, he oh. did do Born Identity, Go like go a lot but so Lyman's had an up and down career um Swingers stars Vince Vaughn uh Heather Graham I saying she starred is feels wrong because she's she's not in it very much but um John Favreau Ron Livingston who I absolutely love in this movie uh Patrick Van Horn Alex Desert who uh is in if I'm not mistaken High Fidelity yes I love him in High Fidelity um I think he's also on Boy Meets World and then uh that's mostly um brooke langton has a small part but it's it's mostly the john favreau and vince vaughn show um you know there's some other stuff going on there it is written by favreau uh this is kind of the movie that breaks favreau uh into the mainstream and we will see him start to do a lot of stuff but he's he's been acting for a few years prior to this as well um i this is my second viewing but Corey picked this movie because she had never seen it and it's kind of one of those big ones a lot of people either love or hate uh it does have a 71 meta score and a 7.2 imdb user score and is definitely a movie for people who uh like movies because there is a lot of movie references and talks uh, in the film because of the fact that they're in la trying to make it as actors um so what'd you think of it um so i was kind of hoping there would be more heather graham but um especially i think like they you know when they're going through the beginning or something 
made me think that she'd be in it more. But um, mm. I don't think this movie was for me. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a dude movie for sure. Um, the one thing I I like to give credit to though is because I think um, John Favreau's character, who is the main character uh, of um, Mike, uh, is not the typical male when it comes to his depiction of women and what he's really about. Um, because mm-hmm. he is he does want a long term relationship. He is pining over his ex girlfriend. Um, and I think that is important because I think everyone else around him yeah. hits a lot of the stereotypes of like male God. behavior and, and uh, misogyny and stuff. And I think Mike's not like that. And I think that's a quality that we see awarded um, later in the film. Um, but yeah, I was kind of surprised because he is the opposite of his friends. Like, except for Ron Livingston, who I think is very much uh, a word even more like a good example of like, but he's kind of looked at as like a square, I think by some of the other guys, even though they never outright say that, I think he is kind of, that's the vibe. He's supposed to be like the one who has his stuff together, but he's not, he doesn't really have his stuff together, but like he had the goofy opportunity that even that fell through. Um, But (laughs) I think he's, he's like kind of the loser ish, but nice guy. Right. Like, and Mike's kind of in the middle because there's, he has this desire to be like the other guys, but he's not like the other guys. That's the vibe that I get from Mike. Yeah, I think that he would maybe want some of their confidence and stuff, but... So, this movie um, has a lot of, like, you know, repeatable lines and catch like catchphrase-type stuff. Uh, the thing that drives me, it makes me uncomfortable, is beautiful babies. Like, yeah, I've never thought of a, like, I've called women babes, but never babies. And it bothers me so much. Every, both times that I've watched this movie, I I can't stand him referring to women as babies. And I'm like, that. what are you saying? You want to have sex with babies? What is wrong with you? Like, it's a weird. Or like real young women. I don't know. Yeah. And I don't think that's the implication. I don't think it's that. No, it's all young. women. Yeah. It's, it's just calling all women babies. And I don't know if that was a California thing that never made it here because we've, I've never known anybody to call women babies. You know, and I feel like as many movies as we've seen, I'm sorry, guys, most of my, you know, most of the things that I know come from movies. Yeah. But, like, I've never heard that in a movie before. I've never heard. That is heard, so true. You know what I mean? So I don't, I don't really know. And I, something I was thinking while I was watching this movie, and I've noticed that movies that are like this don't bode well for me um is if i if i needed to be there and it doesn't mean anything to me then it's not gonna like it's not gonna stick with me i'm not gonna be interested just like that horrible movie that we always reference (laughs) that's on criterion good time Uh, no 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 good time's good 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 time's good um god robert pattinson we were writing you off forever Um, the gary oldman tim roth movie uh uh I, I forgot what it's called. It's it. not good. Don't watch it. Please don't buy the Criterion. We'll save you your time. But that's what it makes me think of. Like, if I need to have been there to understand what everybody was going through, then I don't know. And that's what I was wondering during this whole movie. Because See, I don't have that issue because I, I feel like the main element 
is like his heartbreak, right? Like, and that's universal. Like heartbreak is always there. Right. Um, I, I, I guess I, I don't get the scene fully, but I guess I wouldn't have ever like, this is not, you know, and I don't know. There's, um, there's some things that are familiar. Like there's like a hipster vibe, right? I think, uh, their friend, Charles, who's played by Alex, Alex desert or desert. I'm not, there's an, there's an asterisk or, uh, an accent mark over the first E in his last name. So I'm not sure how to say that. Is it desert? Um, but whatever he, uh, makes a joke a couple times where like, um, the, the, they're in very populated like parties or bars and he's oh, like, yeah. this place is dead anyways. And yeah. it's like, well, it's clearly not dead. So that's, <laughs> it's a, it's gotta be a hipster type joke. Right. Um, so like there's things like that where I've never been a part of that, but I've seen it enough in other movies but I totally agree with the the comment about the babies because that line has always bothered me. And I've seen a lot of movies and I don't I cannot think of another film where a male a man refers to the women he's trying to get with as babies, babes a million times. Let's reference another movie that's very good. Um, let's reference Gretchen Wieners and Mean Girls trying to make fetch happen. Ah, yes. Maybe he's trying to make babies happen. Well, he's making it happen with at least one other person because uh, Sue, Patrick Van Horn, who's named after a Johnny Cash song. I thought um, that was pretty great. Yeah. There, there, oh, there's there some are really parts funny... in this movie that I'm like, okay, you know. Um, And yeah, I, I and honestly, a, a lot of it holds up more than I would have thought um, because it does... I think some of the, the, the elements are very universal. Again, the heartbreak is, is universal. And I think you still have men that are like Trent in, in today's times, even though we've, we try to be more of evolved and less misogynistic. There's still a lot of that out there. Um, guys, who are just looking to get laid all. It doesn't matter who it is or whatever. Um, and then there's guys like Mike, the nice guy, right? Like who, who just is looking for love. He doesn't need, any woman he wants a woman who's going to love him for who he is and um you know uh and it feels awkward and uncomfortable with the dating scene like that's a, that's still a thing like all these things are are universal um and i gotta say too one of the things that i the, i noticed the first time i saw this uh, a movie about swingers well one that term is definitely different uh in a lot of other sections of society um but that the you know uh this movie's got no nudity and i think that's Word. really great because it definitely could have been very exploitative and it's not that at all um and again i think that's kind of part of maybe the attempt of subversion here is that like you have a movie about a bunch of guys who are basically going to clubs and bars looking to, to meet women and yet our protagonist isn't really doing that he's being dragged to those things and he's not looking for that he's looking to find the one so to speak and um i think in that way the movie's a little better than it, it could be uh otherwise i think that's why it holds up still too um it's because it isn't just about this guy like having you know nameless sex that's like one of um you know let's go ahead and get into spoilers because i feel like i'm <clears throat> dancing around spoilers and this movie's short so there's not a lot uh of content here it, it moves pretty quickly so um cory Guys, from here on out, we are going to talk about swingers in great detail. You have been warned. So the first, when they go to Vegas, which we get to Vegas, baby. Like that's, uh, that line's been used in so many things. And I don't know if it originates here. I think it does. Um, but uh, when they bring the girls back 
to the their well they go back to the girls trailer or whatever and um, their little airstream yeah and uh vince vaughn goes with the girl in the one room and uh he looks out he has to check on his boy which is weird anyways to me because that's like dude what are you doing but he he thinks they're kissing but really she's like they're having a really intense conversation about his ex-girlfriend and i love how the girls like like respond to him you know they're, yeah they're really nice to him and kind to him and i, I love that yeah i i like nice guys um yeah that was pretty funny um i was appreciating and hoping that i never have to date again as mm. i usually do throughout every single day of my life but you know, like some of these situations he finds himself in or what his anxiety gets him into. <laughs> um, Let's talk about that. Cause that is <laughs> that's your favorite scene. Favorite scene in this movie is the phone call it situation. Made me so I feel like I almost pulled a bill. And I feel like if my husband Bill's my husband was in the room, he would have like left. He would have been like, Nope and been uncomfortable and left i was just like please stop and when i thought he was finally done he would pick up the phone again and call again and i'm like stop because you shouldn't be calling in the first place it's two o'clock yeah he's literally just got the phone number which there's the, oh. the whole very iconic debate of how long do you wait to call the person you got the number from i actually really like the debate there too and then um that he doesn't wait he calls in a weird time and then panics and leaves way too many voicemails and keeps calling and um, I, I love it spirals, right? Like it starts so innocent oh and then God. it spirals and you're oh, watching how do I this. Fix this? Wreck. Yeah. And <laughs> no. just his whole body language is so great in that scene. And even like when he's, when it ends and she like picks up and never called me again, he just looks so like, yep, Defeated. that's about what, that's about what I expected. Oh. It's it, so it was funny, but also just very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Right. And, but I, oh. I think Favreau, I think that's like, I, I just think that's the peak of his his style, like the way he does it, where he's there's like an anger. He always has this like hostility about him, yeah. but it's always kind of just beneath the surface. And it's this kind like of super aggressive. No, I, I really like when he he crushes it. And I think he's perfect in that that moment. Um, and I, I just love that scene. And of course, that helps the payoff later when he is a little more confident with Heather Graham's character, um, Lorraine. And I, I actually I think that's one of her better performances, even though she's not in it for long. There's a, a, a real kind of organic naturalist to her performance with that. Like, I, I kind of believe she's just like, yeah, yeah, I'm just vibing with this guy. Um, I like her and stuff. Like, I like her as Roller Girl and, and Boogie Nights. And um, oh, I like I, all three Awesome Powers movies. So I like her in, in the second one. Um, but... Uh, Oh, I was trying to find the name of the movie I watched. Like, I watched it last year, but it's an older movie. And it's just so funny. And it is just, she's perfect in it. And it's a comedy, but I can't remember the name of it. I'll find it in a moment. Committed. I don't think I have seen that one. Yeah, no. I can't remember what service I watched it on, but it was really funny. Um, Yeah. But um, yeah. Oh, I see it. I see the uh, poster. I've seen that poster a million times too. I've just never watched the movie. Um, but uh, oh, Casey Affleck's in it too. Um, yeah, I uh, I I don't love this movie. Like, I don't think this is like a, a masterpiece. It was not something I grew up attached to or anything like that. Um, I do like it. I, I do think it's worth watching. And um, as I mentioned, there's the 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 movie element to this. Um, we get two. Uh, direct scene 
replications and one of them is kind of mocking it's not mocking but like they they're talking about tarantino and reservoir dogs while doing a very similar shot uh of them at the like around the table of the 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 opening sequence of reservoir dogs that in the movie then leads to the slow motion walking of the group of the reservoir dogs um, which we get a recreation of that slow motion walk with all of them walking and it's it's the exact same framing and everything uh which is you know he's calling a shot that he's going to kind of he's he's in the dialogue they're making fun of reservoir dogs but in reality they are you know fans of it and they're they're walking it and then in that same sequence they also compare him to scorsese and later we get a uh the same tracking shot from goodfellas we get again in um swingers where we're they're going through the club and and goodfellas like he really is like a big shot he's like hand and money he's behind the scenes here it's like a joke like they're big shots but they're big shots of like a nothing club that nobody cares about you know like they're walking through and everyone kind of knows them but not really um beautiful babies they're beautiful babies everywhere i want to talk about another pretty funny scene um it's when he gets that girl's number the one that he calls and it's just like a whole that whole meltdown scene yes um, nikki yes nikki i love when he is talking about how like good he's doing how well he's doing and all mm-hmm. this stuff and she's like i recognize you it yes it's not the club that he's working at or you know for open mic night and stuff she's like no you came into the starbucks i work at and introduced my manager it was just so funny and so natural mm-hmm. yeah i like her a lot and the actress is brooke langton i'm not sure. langton uh she's in a oh that's right she's in the replacements uh which i love with keanu reeves where like he's oh. a football player um and she's also in uh the bench warmers which I like. I don't think it's a great movie, but I find it funny. Um, and then uh, a few other things. But yeah, she was really good in The Replacements. Um, but uh, yeah, I like that scene. And then we, we got to kind of talk about the ending. Um, Vince Vaughn I... uh, thinking this woman's flirting with him, but it's, she's just <sighs> making baby faces at a baby that he doesn't see. Um, which I think maybe that comes back to the whole... Babies. Yeah, just the, kind of a joke. <laughs> I want to say, though, that it's kind of hard to feel bad for Mike throughout this movie because the whole reason why his girlfriend and he broke up is because he left New York and went to California. And so she started dating somebody new. So it's kind of it's I don't know. It's hard for me to feel bad for him. Is she supposed to, like, pack up her whole life and give up on everything she's working on to follow you? Is that? I, I don't know that I put that together. I, did, I didn't realize that. Um, I, I thought they broke up and then he came to L.A. You're saying he came that's to L.A. What I that's what I thought. Broke up. But I'm pretty sure that she was still in New York because she kept saying on the phone call, oh, I heard you're coming back to New York. I hope you're coming oh, yeah. back to New York. But maybe, I mean, maybe you are right. Maybe they did go together and then she went back. Maybe I'm misunderstanding. I, I, you're misunderstanding me. I don't think she went with him. I think he came to L.A. because they broke up. oh so even different than what i was thinking oh i thought they broke up i could be wrong i i maybe that's maybe that's part of the movie that it's it's up for us to kind of decide who's at fault um because i i don't know that it's ever a hundred percent stated um i was under the impression he came because they had broken up and uh he was looking for like a fresh start and also you know he is trying to become an actor or whatever but this was the opportunity interesting Um, but that does make a difference. Like if he if they broke up because he left, I don't blame her. 
unless she cheated on him um which i didn't blame because i i don't think there's ever an excuse to cheat like if you're unhappy then break up you know there's no reason to to lie to somebody just end it you know yeah but um but yeah that does make a difference um i don't know because mike otherwise i don't i don't know for sure but that that phone call does seem to imply that if he went back they would get back together but that that doesn't inherently mean that's why they broke up. She might just be done with this guy and it's starting to have regrets or whatever. Um, yeah. Cause it's been I, six months. It has been six months. And I, I really, I'm rude. I'm so excited when he chooses to go for Lorraine um, instead, you know, that he takes the call for her instead of uh, the ex. I'm like, Oh, good for you. You're moving on. But now I'm yeah. like, well, wait, if he was a jerk, then I, I regret that. I don't want him to move on. He doesn't deserve it. But but also it did seem like it, something must have gone wrong because she's like I can't stop thinking about you. Well, why haven't you called? Well, because and it just seems like something's not going right in her life or something. Um, right. And she like tries to say she loves him at the end and he hangs up. Yep, I love that. See, that's what I feel like the movie wants us to be on his side there, right? Like that. Yeah, this is him same. Winning, right? Like he's beating the the quote unquote dragon that's been haunting him this whole time, like this is the the innermost cave and now can can you beat it oh yeah you can totally he's all about he's all about lorraine now he's he's had fun uh he had a good time she's a pretty girl um she didn't want to rush things but she also i love that she calls him so soon because of the earlier payoff you know that like he messed up earlier and here she is calling him you're like hey look at her yeah because i just uh, i just think that it's so weird that there are rules and stuff also, if you're my friend, I will text you multiple messages and some of them will be paragraphs and they will be back to back. And you know what I mean? Like, but I, I didn't know until like last year that that's like, a, what, a, you know, that's not cool that, you know, I'm like, I do this all the time. So it's like, I can't imagine navigating that world and knowing what the right thing is and, you know, how to not push somebody away or I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I, I that's the thing there are no real rules right like it's social constructs that we uh we adhere to partly because of movies because that's where i learned that right i didn't learn that from anyone in real life i learned it from like tv shows and movies oh you wait three days before you call somebody and uh that's been reinforced in tons of different shows i uh i'm pretty sure how i met your mother there's the three-day rule at least a whole episode dedicated to that um so like and i've always just i mean i haven't needed that in a long time mind you but uh it's been um but I, I'm still aware of it. Definitely wouldn't call anyone at 2 a.m. Yeah, not not especially like. <laughs> I mean, on a cell phone, if like if you just left the place and you knew they were still awake or whatever, it's not quite as weird. But again, it, it would depend on why you were calling them. Like, you it'd best be, assume I'm asleep. <laughs> well, again, I'm saying if you just left. Oh right? yeah, like, it, like it's he, he she was at a bar like, and that's even he says that on the voicemail. Uh, he was sure she would still be at the bar, and that's yeah. why he was like, "I'm I'm calling you now just to let you know." Blah blah. blah. Um, oh man, that sequence cracks me up so bad. Oh my but, god, uh, it's like it's equally funny and cringy. Like, yeah, well, because you oh, it's that secondhand embarrassment. Because you're like, "No, dude, what are you doing?" Because even even if you don't agree with Trent about like the waiting, like this is not the right time to call. And yeah, and and stop. Like one call, no, one call was probably too yeah. many you've called four times like something is now you're crazy like it looks bad um there's no getting around that at this point and yeah 
Um, yeah, it's a short movie, so that I don't think there's much else to, to really add here. Um, is there anything else that you want to say about it? Mm, no, I think we covered it. Yeah, I mean, this is it's 96 minutes. Uh, the plot's pretty thin. There's some good jokes, some good laughs. Um, you know, Vince Vaughn is being Vince Vaughn. I did read, uh, I was looking for some stuff. I didn't, there's this movie's not super deep, like, there's not a lot to break down or anything. But, um, Owen Benjamin, who's a stand up comedian, uh, said that um, he got to play blackjack or something with Vince Vaughn at like a, a celebrity event. And apparently Vince Vaughn, while gambling, talks just like his character in this movie. Oh, my like God. He, like, you got to double down. Like, it's you know, money, there's baby. A little... Yeah. Uh, your money. I, I sh- man, I forgot. You texted me. We were planning, like, when we were recording. You were like, is it okay? And I want I should have been like, it's, it's your money, Corey. Your money. Like, but <laughs> no. I, I didn't I think t- it. I like Vince Vaughn. I haven't seen him in a ton of stuff, but he annoyed the hell out of me in this movie. The only other performance of his that hits the annoyance button at this level is the John Favreau directorial debut made. Uh, that character is so much more obnoxious and made um, very similar type of character. He's like the sidekick wingman type figure. Um, yeah, he, he is, but he's doing a great job because that's exactly what his character is supposed to do. He's supposed to be overwhelming and yet somehow still charming. Like, there's still a charm about him. And even though, like, you would, I think you would probably argue he's not the best friend and he doesn't really have Mike's best interests at heart. He's still a pretty loyal friend and he does do a lot of good will for Mike. Again, maybe his maybe it's coming from a, an area of mis, misjudgment. He doesn't quite understand what Mike is looking for, but he does he does seem to care about Mike. And I think that's admirable at the very least, right? Like it's yeah. it's still annoying, but at least he's not a horrible guy. He's got some flaws for sure. He's definitely a misogynist and that's um and I don't know. At the same time, he does seem to uh he doesn't seem to lie to women either and i i think yeah. well you may not agree with his his stance but at least he has some like morals that he he puts out there at least he says he does i don't think he well, ever shows anything it, counter to what he says no and also it seems like women are looking for the same thing he is at that time so yeah and the women that he's like talking to seem yeah they they all seem to be on the same page and i think that's important um Another trait that I think is good. He's not depicted as like some guy who's like, you know, loving and leaving and, and giving false. I mean, Nothing. he does take the, the, the one girl's phone number and then rips it up. But that's still like they weren't there was they literally just met. And he took her number. It's not like they had a, a long mm-hmm. date or they didn't have sex and then he didn't call her or anything like that. That's not how it's depicted. So I think there's some things there that are different than other movies. Again, where like even though he is a bit of a misogynist, there, there's more like you said, like they're, they're on a similar mindset of what this is. Like, this is not a long-term thing. This is a one night thing. Um, so I, you know, there's, that's, there's stuff in this movie that definitely could have been a lot, a lot worse and it's not. And I think that's cool. Like that it, they managed to kind of walk a, a thin line of at least somewhat more balanced than a lot of other movies would have done, especially for like 96. Yeah. They're not complete jerks that you hate. Yeah. Right, they're they're not irredeemable. Like there there are some qualities. the The weirdest scene is the 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 gun sh- like yeah the gun sequence with Sue. It's such a weird scene, and then like later that it's just like they're they're hanging out now. Like everything's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I bought him some food. Oh man, that cracks me. Up. It was pretty funny too, though. 
He like walks yeah. in. What are these guys doing here? Because it didn't seem like, you know, if they met up again, it was going to end well. No. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Yeah, and the, him pulling the gun, it just it seems like it's out of nowhere. Yeah, it's it's such a weird sequence. But I thought so, too. <laughs> yeah. Soon. Well, that's our review of Swingers. Um, I would say it's... Uh, I'm going to lean a little heavy. I'm going to go not quite golden. There is a lot here. It's it's very quotable, and there's some good filmmaking in it. It's definitely not a must-see film, but it's it's enjoyable. I'm going to uh, go... Oh, sorry. No, watch. I was going to ask you. Decent Watch is what yeah. I figured, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's completely reasonable. Uh, I'm just giving it a little... I don't know. I like Favreau a lot. I'm a big Favreau supporter in general. Um, it's because of Elf. It's actually farther than that. It's because of Friends. He's Monica's boyfriend for like a season and a half. Um, and I like him a lot on Friends. Um, and also, I had a, a really dumb comedy I used to watch on Comedy Central all the time called PCU. And uh, he's he's in it and he's got like dreadlocks and he's awful. But I, I've always just like, I'm like, I've been, I just realized also that he's also in The Replacements with Nikki. Uh, oh. I wonder if that's, if he cast her or something. But um yeah, I've, I've just known him, like, basically his whole career, and I kind of feel like I was in on the ground floor with Favreau, so I think I'm just like, yeah, yeah, no, I've, you know, and I, again, I was really late to Swingers and May, like, I saw those way after, but I saw PCU, and then I, um, Elf, and I knew he was on Friends, because again, I was a big Friends fan, uh, and so yeah, I've always just kind of been a Favreau guy, so, um, and then when I finally made it to Swingers and May, I was like, yeah, yeah, Favreau, I know Favreau, I like Favreau a lot. Um, all right, so that's our review of Swingers. Next week, we will... Oh, this is such a big movie. Um, we're going to be watching Glengarry Glen Ross, uh, directed by James Foley, who... Oh, God, he directed the Fifty Shades movies. Really? Two of them, at least. Uh, Fifty Shades Darker and Fifty Shades Freed. I don't know if that's two or three. Um, but this movie is well-regarded. It's a 3.9 uh, on Letterboxd. Um, stars, some big names, Al Pacino, Jack Lemmon, Alec Baldwin, Alan Arkin, Ed Harris, Kevin Spacey. Oh no. <laughs> um, and, uh, it's written by David Mamet, which might be why this is beloved more so than the director. Um, yeah, I've, I've no, I've seen scenes from this movie. I've heard about it tons of times. Uh, the tagline lie, cheat, steal all in a day's work. Um, when an office full of New York city, real estate salesmen in, uh, is given the news that all but the top two will be fired at the end of the week. The atmosphere begins to heat up. Shelly Levine, who is, uh, man, this is way too much of a plot synopsis, but that's good enough. Um, I've, this has been on my radar for a while. I'm glad to finally be checking this off my gap list. Uh, Corey, also, you've never seen this, right? Right. So we will be watching that and reviewing it on our next episode. It is not included with any streaming service. However, if you have a library card, there's a good chance you can watch it for free from Hoopla or Canopy, both of those services have it available to rent, or you can pay to rent it on any of your streaming platforms. Um, that's it for this episode. Uh, we will be back next week with our third uh, movie for the Jones and for Indies, Glengarry, Glen Ross. Um, thank you for listening. But before we go, if you want to follow us on social media so you can tell us what you think of these movies or tell us what you think of the podcast, you can hit me up at Burke Reviews on Twitter, Instagram, etc. Corey, where can they find you? At Corey R Star, two R's on the end. And if you like what we're doing, we ask that you rate and review the podcast on whatever podcast provider you use to listen to us. It helps other listeners find us. Um, in the meantime, stay safe and most importantly, keep watching movies.
This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com. <laughs> <laughs>